been playing Final Fantasy VII, and everybody talking about it so much made me pick up Final Fantasy XII again. And I was like, all of my characters are dual classing, so I had to like write down all of the equipment that they are allowed to use. <laughs> it is that, a lot. That seems like dedication I am not prepared to put in. Yes, it's a lot of equipment management, this game. And I also did not restart my game that I kind of stopped playing last year. So I had to be like, okay, who, who is what class? And then I realized that I massively messed up one of my characters. And so he can only use swords, which isn't great. So <laughs> I did. Oh man, I did that once on a game called, um, do you ever play White Knight Chronicles? No. Oh my God, that game slaps. It's really good. It came out on the PS3. It was like a PS3 exclusive. And there was a second one. But I monumentally screwed up my character and I only realized, one of the, the characters that you pick up throughout the game, I only realized when I was about three quarters of the way in. So I was, I, I'd spent hours playing this game. I was like, I can't go back. I have to just keep pushing on using this character who is 100% underleveled and not using anything she's supposed to. This is my fault. And as a result, I never finished the game. And I'm really disappointed because I now cannot finish the game it does not exist on oh, any no. platform that i have anymore so very sad anyway if anybody has a copy of white knight chronicles you should go through that game because it's amazing what platform was it originally for ps3 oh, okay yeah, yeah you could maybe get an emulator my husband has a ps2 emulator for his computer i'm waiting because they're doing a lot of remastering recently Kind of yeah. have my fingers crossed that someone might go ahead and remaster White Knight Chronicles. Because <laughs> that game was super good. I enjoyed it a lot. You're basically a kid who managed to get into some giant magical world protecting suit of armor. <laughs> and you can huh. summon it and just like slap the crap out of people with your giant sword. It's so good. That does sound fun. It's amazing. Well, welcome to Are You Serious? A podcast about bad Reddit relationships. I am Morgan. I'm Esme. And uh, I got some crazy ones today. I am hype for the I... crazy ones. So before we started this one, I kind of wanted to workshop because I called this kind of genre of Reddit post an asshole novel. But I don't really think that's a catchy enough name. I want something that conveys that this person thinks they're right but they are just telling on themselves. They, The more they talk, the more you realize they're just a huge asshole. But they just believe in their heart that they are correct. So they're giving all this information that actually shows that they're an asshole. Well, it's kind of like digging yourself a hole, isn't it? So we could call it a shovel post. <laughs> yes, I, I like that. <laughs> that's the only thing I could think of. I'm not feeling particularly creative today. I'm sorry. No, that's good. I like it. I like it. Sweet. Um, okay. So this is a shovel post. Then. Yay. Am I the asshole for having an issue with my sister's child's name? Mm, not in itself. My sister S and I are identical twins. I've always felt like I've never been allowed to have my own things. We have rhyming names. My mom always tried to get us matching clothes, and we shared a bedroom. That's never bothered S like it bothers me. She always wanted to do same activities as me and hang out with my friend group. When we were 18, she applied to a few of the same colleges as me, but she's never been as good of a student and she didn't get into my dream school, and I did. I hit it, but I was really excited. Ultimately, it was good for us that S went to a different college. Our relationship improved when I had my own space where I could be myself and not one of the interchangeable twins. I feel like that's a really common thing with uh, siblings, is like 
you don't get along and fight. And then when you go away to college, you suddenly get along because you don't have to spend 24-7 with each other. Yeah, me and my big sister were like were quite close together in age. My mom used to dress us in matching clothes because getting a two-pack was cheaper. So we would be like going down the street and people would say, oh, you girls could be twins. And it was like, oh, man, I really don't want to wear the pink skirt today. But because my big sister is wearing the purple skirt, I guess. So so we just used to wear them. We wore matching clothes until we were like seven. Fortunately, my sister's three years younger than me, so we didn't have that problem. Dude, it sucked. Uh, I went to graduate school, so I didn't get married until last year. After the wedding, we moved to my hometown to raise our kids close to family. S has been married for four years. Unfortunately, her husband, S.H., is unable to have kids. She decided to adopt, which I think is fantastic. I'm currently pregnant and having a girl. My husband and I spent a lot of time picking out the perfect name for our future child. I feel so good about this name. Yesterday, S and S.H. announced to the family remotely that they are officially about to adopt a little girl. They wanted a baby, but ended up having to go with a slightly older kid, five years old. She looks absolutely precious, and I was so happy for a few seconds before they announced her name is B, the name that S knows is my daughter's. I thought that was a joke, so I kind of laughed. Then I realized that they were serious. Obviously, the girls can't have the same name. Twins with daughters of the same name? Everyone would laugh at us. I feel like all of my problems with S will repeat themselves as everyone compares the girls and lumps them together because they have the same name. They won't be able to have a good relationship because of this. I don't want people nicknaming my kid to distinguish her because I like the full name that I chose. <laughs> and I can't help but suspect that S picked a kid with the same name on purpose. What? Just like she always wanted to be like me when we were kids. <sighs> I'm planning to talk to S about the situation. One of us needs to change our kid's name and I'm hoping she'll be reasonable. My kid will get here first. I'm <laughs> almost at my due date and I picked out the name first. A lot of parents change their adopted kids' names. They could do that. If the kid won't change her name, S and SH should go with a different kid. There are thousands <laughs> upon thousands of orphans who need loving homes, and 99.9999% of them don't have this one particular name. They haven't bonded with this one yet. I already <sighs> have bonded with my baby, and I can't imagine her with another name. This is stressing me out and is not good for my baby. Am I the asshole for saying no? Oh my god. Like, you can just pick another one. Pick another kid. That's not it's how adoption easy. works, dumbass. <laughs> like, the amount of vetting and interviewing and which child is going to be good for which couple. It takes years and years to put a kid in a home that they're going to be stable in. And it's not like you get to pick, hand pick the kid. They just say, oh, we have a child available. They're this age, this gender. At least I, right. that's my familiarity with it. And you so. and you go with it when you have the opportunity. Like, it's not about picking. You don't go into a, a, an adoption agency and it's like a pet store. And you go, hmm, this one looks nice. This one looks nice. Oh, I don't like the look of this one. I'll choose this one. Yeah, it seems she's so far detached from reality. And just the thought that, hey, you are unable to have a child and you're finally able to adopt one and I need you to pick a different kid is so entitled. I have never heard of anyone more entitled than this person. Do you think it's partially that her kid is biological, so she gets the name? Mm, yeah, probably. Like, some people are like that when they're having a baby. 
they get kind of not like bridezilla but you know the kind of thing that I'm talking about it's the same sort of control freaky and I understand that having a baby is scary and stressful and you want it to be perfect and you want to do the right thing that's you know that is something I have not gone through and I'm not you know saying that you shouldn't want the best for your kid but when it comes down to choosing a name for a kid that hasn't been born yet it's not like she's already had the baby given the baby that name and then the sister has found the child that she wants to adopt it's not that situation and the kid is five too it's not like name it's not like she's two and she doesn't understand right necessarily her name i mean although two-year-olds do but to a lesser extent, she is five. At that point, she is ready to go to school. She can write her name. Asking her to change her name for this reason is just so selfish. What if the parents want to get back in contact with the kid in 10 years time? Well, that depends on if it's a closed or open adoption. Let's let's assume it's an open adoption for the purposes of my argument. Changing the kid's name is going to make that situation so much harder for this kid 10 15 years down the line. Not just logistically, but psychologically, too. Oh, yeah. If she ends up having a decent relationship with her biological parents and her adopted parents change her name and then her cousin has her old name, (laughs) that would be issues. And it sounds like OP has some issues from her childhood upbringing. So asking her niece to change her name, you'd think she would have a little more empathy as the issues that that might cause. Can you imagine how smug she's going to be at every family gathering, going, mm, calling her kid's name and knowing that she won that particular argument? Yeah. Because to her, this is not about another life. This is about, I chose it first. Dressing up a doll. Yeah, the pettiest, most BS reason. Oh, gross. I wonder what the rest of her pregnancy's been like. Yeah, I'm sure this isn't her own kind of resentment. She said she's moved on, but obviously she hasn't. No, she hasn't. She hasn't. Because the thing she was saying about her sister in the beginning of the post as well, she's not as smart as me. She's not as good a student as me. It's like, shut up. Nobody cares. That's not relevant to this conversation at all. It's like the person who always mentions their SAT score and their high school GPA. (laughs) (laughs) Like that makes her a better person because she was smarter. Yeah. As I got into my dream college and she didn't. It's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. No one gives a shit. Yeah. This is like, I can't even think of a good solution for this where it's going to be okay for everybody. Because if OP concedes and changes the name, she's going to be salty about this forever. Oh, God. Yeah. She needs to get over herself and go to therapy, probably. Like, there's nothing stopping her from using a middle name. I'm assuming she's chosen a middle name for her child. Like, can she not use that? Yeah, or switch them. Yeah, it's just switch them around. <laughs> that reminds me, fun fact, I have an older half-sister who's 18 years older than me, and my younger sister's three years younger than me, Um, and we have the same dad. And uh, I didn't meet my older sister until I was about 16, 17. And I found out that her middle name is the same middle name as my younger sister. <laughs> and I told that to my mom. I was like, oh, I didn't know that, uh, you know, older sister and younger sister have the same middle name. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? And she turns to my dad and is like, why didn't you tell me this? And he's like, I didn't think it was important at the time. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. If she swaps the middle name with the first name, it might not come up. (laughs) When I was born, when my big sister was born, they were going to give her my name. So the, the initial name that my parents had in mind was my name. And then when my big sister was born, they forgot it. <laughs> and gave her a different name. I think this is how the story goes. And then when I was born, they were like, oh, yeah, we had this cool name. We'll just use that. So the name of your baby is not really that important. And when you work in teaching, you know this to be true because people will just name their kids whatever. <laughs> yeah. And the trends are so interesting. One year I had three Isabellas in one class. This year I have three Matthews in one class. And uh, then this year I don't have any Isabellas. And I that year class, I didn't have any Matthews. I had a class in England where I had three Sams and three Leas in the same class. So I said to the class, right, if I call your name and I don't know who you are, I'm either just going to call you Sam or Leah because I have a pretty good shot of getting it right. <laughs> Yeah, and the Matthews this year refuse to go by Matt. They all go by Matthew. It's yeah, very strange. There's this thing now where kids really want to go by their whole full names. Yeah, I teach, like, like Daniel, five Jonathans, Matthew. and none of them want me to call them John. Yeah, it's very strange. Or Johnny. So every time I say Jonathan, I've got like six kids turning around trying to see who I mean. It's the best thing when you have two kids with the same name, and one kid always is like acting out, and <laughs> The other one is very well behaved. I have that situation this year. So I'll be like, Michael, turn around. And the nice Michael will be like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> I It's like, Josh, no, other Josh. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> turn around. Yeah, man, it's not that important, honestly. Choose yeah. a different name. And, and she needs to realize what she's asking is selfish. And she's got no concept of the, the ask she's making. Yes, she feels herself to be completely reasonable, which is why I Damn. labeled this the shovel post. Everything there she says just digs the hole deeper. Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm surprised that your twin even called you to let you know that she was adopting. Because damn, I wouldn't have. All right, this next one is is fun. Okay. <laughs> It's a relationship advice. OP is 24 male and his girlfriend is 26 female. I've been living with my girlfriend for almost a month, dating for a year and a half. She's revealing an increasing interest in vampire role playing, which was fun at first, but now I'm worrying it's gone too far. Oh, no. So for this one, feel free to interrupt me at any time that you have thought. I have thoughts right now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you see, I love my vampire fiction as much as the next person, but I can't, re- I don't really get the whole vampires are sexy thing. Well, I kind of do. Some vampires are sexy. Not Spike. all vampires are sexy. Spike from Buffy. Spike from Buffy is sexy. From, but that's more of James Marsters being a very James sexy Marsters man. James Marsters is sexy. Let's, yeah. let's just be real. Um, except in the Dragon Ball movie, which we should just all agree never existed. He's in the Dragon Ball movie? Yeah, he's, um, I think he's Piccolo. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad times. Well, (laughs) yes, I will never watch that at all. Don't watch it. You don't need, you don't need your impression of James Master sullied by that terrible movie. Well, not to bring up Supernatural for the third time in our six episodes, (laughs) but, um, he is in an episode of Supernatural with Charisma Carpenter, also from Buffy and, and Angel. And if you just watch one episode, you should watch that one. It's pretty funny. Okay. So basically, we have been seeing each other for a while, and I've talked a lot about moving in together. We spend a lot of time at each other's places anyway. And so once this COVID thing was getting more serious, we figured now is a good time to just bite the bullet and do it. I was nervous, obvious. 
I was nervous, obviously, due to the fact that we'd be spending most of the day together, every day, since we don't leave except for food shopping, but I think it's a good test to see if we are okay with this. Then getting married is a definite realistic option. Obviously, spending a lot of time at home, there's only so much Netflix I can watch, although the massive amount of weed we just bought has helped a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't smoked much since uni, but figured with all this downtime, and we've been having a lot of sex. We used to be pretty active before this and have role-played in the past, and have done a vampire one before. However, now since moving in, it's been popping back up very frequently, and while it was a bit of a laugh the first few times, she's now focusing a lot more on authenticity. I did not realize there was so much knowledge available about vampires, and not to go into too much detail, but while she is in character, she is apparently a Sam Gawain? So this is spelled Sam, like the name Sam, space, G-W-E-I-N. And I ran this by husband Matt, and so we think it's either like a bad spelling of Sawin, which is spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Yeah. Or Sanguin? Samguin. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> that's what that's what we got. Which is not Elvish or Welsh, apparently. Presumably these people are Welsh, otherwise that would be a really random. Well, no, there is some pretty deep vampire lore where there are like separate groups of vampires and different kinds there's like japanese vampires and china i think it's chinese vampires or is it japanese vampires one of them if you throw loads of rice the vampire will stop to pick up all the rice yeah yeah so there are different kinds of vampires i've never heard of a sanguine yeah i think it's just a a, like typo I don't think they really understand what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and he put a question mark in parentheses after this. I just want to pause and say, the introduction of the giant bag of weed (laughs) (laughs) to the situation is answering a lot of questions I previously had about this post. Well, that comes back. Hold on to that for a sec. I'm almost always a powerless, regular human, which I'm cool with. I don't really want to do much homework to prep for roleplay accuracy. At the start, it was just some light bondage and biting, which was cool. But now more recently, it's turning into heavier-duty restraints, and there's more biting, which I was okay with. But after the third time of her drawing blood, I've asked for her to reduce the bites. Nowhere dangerous, as it was mainly around the upper shoulder. She was annoyed and called me boring. I now see her practicing these fancy-ass knots all day. And while I can't see what she's doing on her computer, my gut is that she's researching more vampire stuff. And I should add that she has started doing more vampire stuff in her everyday life, which I thought was her doing a bit at first, but now I am less sure. I am non-religious, but her family is Christian, I think. She was never really actively practicing, but she did have a few Jesus-y things about, like a cross necklace she wore, which I found all bundled together in a bag stuffed in the back of the wardrobe. She's still fine with garlic? Question mark? (laughs) Of all the things to fixate on. I have spoken to her several times about all this before I decided to post, but it always involves a lot of deflection and her telling me not to worry and that I'm overthinking and to just have another joint or drink. I'm just worrying that this is an escalating situation to maybe cope with the quarantine or moving in. Is there anything I should be worried about? Has anyone had a similar situation with their partner? Oh, God. Okay. So... It sounds like, putting a couple of pieces of this puzzle together, she's trying to do a pretty heavy rebel against her Christian upbringing, and this is, like, the most badass thing she can think of. Yeah, like, like she's doing her teenage goth phase, but... Right. 
Like when we talked a couple of weeks ago about how everybody's had a Wiccan phase, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. This is her edgy goth phase. And she's taking it to an extreme because she has nothing else to do. It's always really interesting when people who aren't able to have like a rebellious teenage phase have the rebellious teenage phase in their 20s. Like when they go to college, it's usually like I had a boyfriend in the past who was like that. Like his mom was very strict. One time uh, we went to the beach and we said we were going to be home by three. And we got to my place to drop me off at 317 and he had 19 missed calls oh my god and so in college he was a little crazy yeah it's i think she's confused i mean if she wants to try a little light bdsm they need to have a conversation about that because biting's okay if everybody's on board with it biting is not okay if you're making someone bleed without consent right so if she wants to tie him up and that's all sexy for her, and she's real into it, go right ahead. But they need to have a real discussion about where the line is. Well, and it seems like he has tried both at the time and out of the bedroom. Like, he has made a thing of it when she drew blood for the third time. She might be worried that if they have that conversation, like, the whole thing is going to be shut down, Mm. and she won't be able to express the way that she's feeling anymore and have that rebellion which i assume is why she's just trying to make sure that he's drunk and high all the time so he doesn't think about yeah, it yeah that's really concerning don't mm. worry have another drink is like what the shitty husband in a sitcom says yes that's where it starts to get kind of shady is oh, it so that he isn't questioning her about it and then she can do what she wants Or is this now a big red flag where she enjoys inflicting pain on people for kinky times and doesn't want anybody to question her about it? Yeah, I mean, I would say that it's a red flag that he's trying to have a conversation about it and she's just dismissing his concerns when he's trying to create a boundary. You know, it's just like, don't worry about it. If you have another drink, you won't protest as much. Like, that's that's very concerning. Yeah, that's kind of date rapey. Yeah, it's all fun and good when we're talking about vampire kinks, but when you're st- starting to dismiss someone's boundaries, that's that's a huge red flag. You could see that red flag from space. <laughs> <laughs> Waving frantically. Oh, man, vampires. Now, now I'm just thinking about sexy vampires. This is bad. <laughs> this is a bad way to go. What is it? What is it about vampires that's sexy, Morgan? Well, the original you know, uh, what's his name? The original vampire, Dracula author. Oh, Bram Stoker. Bram Stoker. His whole deal was very, I'm going to make these vampires as a symbol for repressed female sexuality, which I'm very scared of. <laughs> it's The book is also wildly homoerotic, though. That too. It's just very sexual. It's like, you read it and you're like, hmm, vampire fiction. And the more you read, you're like, this is wild. Like... <laughs> everybody's horny for everybody else. The whole thing is crazy. We're watching Preacher right now, which has a vampire in it. And um, we I got our mutual friends who we play Call of Cthulhu with to uh, start watching Buffy. And I, I just think it's very ubiquitous. Like no matter what time period, there's always something with a sexy vampire in it. There was Anne Rice in the 90s and then mm. Buffy and then Twilight Blech. and then Fifty Shades of Grey. 
Yes, but we don't <laughs> talk about either of those things as vampire fiction because they're not. Well, Twilight's just a huge ripoff of Buffy. At me. Yes. <laughs> Come at no, me. I agree, but it's a, a an angsty bad ripoff of Buffy, which didn't need to happen. It's also a big ripoff of this um other teen series that was big in the early 90s called uh, The Night World. Hmm. Uh, I have most of them. It was never finished. The series was never finished. Um, Twilight is a huge ripoff of pretty much everything that happens in the Night World series. Please send me tweets about this. I will debate <laughs> you forever. Um, I tend to go pretty easy on Twilight because it got such a disproportionate backlash because it's something for teenage girls and everything for teenage girls gets a disproportionately large backlash. I mean, the problem that I had with Twilight was it was written very badly. Yes. Like, that that's, that's the main problem I had with it. It's just horribly written and terribly dull. And the grown women being yeah. into it thing, that was too much. Like, couldn't cope with that. So... Yeah, someone please debate me on the internet about Twilight, because <laughs> it's been a long time and I'm ready for that fight again. There's a really good video by a, a video essayist on YouTube named Lindsay Ellis, and um, she has this video called I'm Sorry, Stephanie Myers, and it's just about how she went through the phase in high school where she's like, Twilight is dumb, it's for babies, I like high art, like Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> So, like, you know, every generation has their thing. Yeah. And if it got kids into reading, sure. Yeah, that's, that's the only merit. Age. That's the only merit I think it has is people started to read because they, because of Twilight. And that's a good thing. But I'd rather they were reading some quality fiction rather than something Twilight. that looked like it was written in crayon by a 12-year-old. <laughs> um, it's bad. If I had to read about Edward's topaz eyes one more goddamn time i thought i was gonna rip my own throat out anyway yeah so he needs to have a sit down come to jesus with her and well come to <laughs> well no, um, no jesus <laughs> you know um and if she still tries to push his boundaries and dismiss him then it's time to end the relationship it's a deal breaker for him it's just a deal breaker right like you can't force yourself to be into somebody else's kink well, and even if he was into it, she's ignoring the boundaries. I mean, even right. BDSM has a safe word, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think you're right. He just needs to needs to be more communication here when they're both sober. And maybe <laughs> when there's been some distance between them. So they're not stewing in their hot box. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably not helping. That's exacerbating the issue. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, this one's a little more lighthearted. Okay, let's go. Am I the asshole for eating things my boyfriend considers gross? No. I'm going to preface this by saying my husband loves peanut butter, as all good Americans should. <laughs> yeah, because you can't get peanut butter in the UK, right? It's you not... can get peanut butter. It's not that it doesn't exist. It's not some <laughs> mythical, like, ooh, the land of peanut butter. Like, we have peanut butter. But peanut butter is disgusting. The smell... <laughs> The texture, the way it sticks to everything, including your mouth. The whole thing is just nasty, gross, disgusting. The only line I draw with my husband is that if he has eaten peanut butter, I don't want him to come within five feet of me because I can <laughs> smell it on him and it's gross. That doesn't make him an asshole for enjoying peanut butter and eating it. He can eat as much peanut butter as he wants so long as he knows that he can't touch me afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's probably where this is going a little bit. 
She is 23 and her boyfriend is 24. Me and my boyfriend have been dating for four years and we currently live together. We usually have a great relationship, but recently we've been at each other's throats over this. I can't tell if it is a real problem or if it's just because we're cooped up. The problem is that I eat a lot of foods my boyfriend considers gross. Some of these are foods everybody considers gross and others are just things that he does. Things he thinks are gross? Melted cheese, shredded cheese, hummus chickpeas, fries and milkshakes, this Indian yogurt I eat, and peanut butter with nothing else. Things all probably things everyone... Delicious. Yeah, that all sounds great to me. Che- I melted mean, cheese is proof that God loves us. <laughs> I'm not about the fries and milkshakes. I know that's... That's a thing about that, that some people are into. But that just sounds like it very rarely comes up unless you take the time to make fries and a milkshake at home. Unless she's doing that every single day, then I'd be kind of concerned. Yeah, that's not exactly healthy. Things probably everyone thinks are gross. Pickles and milkshakes, ketchup and rice, capers and their juice, and mangoes with cheese. Okay. There are probably other things I'm forgetting. Ketchup and rice, though, is pretty good. Is it? Yes. When you're a broke student and you've got nothing else, ketchup and rice is like manna from heaven. It's very (laughs) good. And I know that some people do eat mangoes with cheese. I've never heard that one. Capers and the caper juice I'm into. Yeah, I just made a pizza with capers in it. I love capers. My husband doesn't like capers. Yeah, that's unfortunate because it's not like you can just... Yeah, I have to put them on afterwards or like throw them in the the sauce afterwards once I've served his so that he doesn't eat them because he doesn't like them. I did Blue Apron for a while. Blue Apron, call us. And um, (laughs) I'm still doing Blue Apron. Blue Apron, please call us. Yeah, they really like capers and just like these various like small things you wouldn't necessarily think make a difference and the pizza i made last night was an old recipe i had for eggplant flatbread and it was so good yeah they also like to put cilantro in things which i'm gonna have i'm gonna rant about that another time because that's the most annoying unnecessary name change for a food i've ever heard (laughs) um and my husband also doesn't like cilantro do you guys both have that thing where it tastes like soap no i love it i love it i'll eat it all the time he thinks it tastes like soap. Okay. Yeah, that's like a genetic thing. Yeah, there was his a, dad also thinks it tastes like soap. So. There was a Reddit post, Um, I think it was in Legal Advice, and someone was like, Chick-fil-A, not Chick-fil-A, Chipotle keeps putting soap in my burritos. And <laughs> someone's like, hey, bud, um, go buy some cilantro and eat it and tell us if it tastes like soap. And he got really mad at the Chipotle people. Apparently, so he realized what he had done and went back and apologized. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God. I guess if you don't ever make it for yourself, you would never know it was the cilantro that's causing that taste. So, yeah, I think it sounds like he's blowing it out of proportion, but we got a couple more paragraphs. Okay. Anyways, I like these foods and I get that others think it's gross, but I don't really think it's hurting anybody. Recently, though, I've been eating them more. And as both my boyfriend and I are home all the time in a small studio, he's been seeing it a lot more. At first, he just told me what I was doing was nasty and moved on. And now he started getting angry at me when he sees me eating these things and others he thinks are gross. Today, we got into a fight over it. He wants me to stop eating all these foods he thinks are gross. I think he's being ridiculous. I always clean up after myself, and it's not like I'm rubbing it in his face that I'm eating these. He thinks it's inconsiderate for me to keep doing something that I know bothers him. We are currently not talking over this. Am I the asshole? No, he's the asshole. For sure. Like, it should not ruin your mood, the fact that someone else is enjoying eating something that you don't like or that you think is nasty. To the point where you're not speaking to the other person. That's dumb. And I get definitely maybe having a reaction if you see someone eating something and like 
getting like sick a little bit, but he should realize that that's his problem, not her problem, and that he needs to deal with it himself. Okay, real talk. I'm going to talk to you about one of my phobias. I hate jelly. Peanut butter like, and jelly, I see. Well, mm, no, not that kind of jelly. What you guys would call jello. Okay. Anything that is vaguely gelatinous. If I see people eating it, it makes me want to start to cry. Hmm. I just find the whole thing abhorrent, right? And it is it's completely irrational. It's I don't like the taste or the texture. It's a texture thing mostly, but I also don't like the way that it moves. If okay. someone else is eating jello in front of me, I try not to make a big deal out of it. I just turn my head away so I don't have to watch them do it <laughs> and tell them to ask them to tell me when they're done. Like a mature adult. Because I can't cope with it. Like it's a it's a Really extreme visceral reaction I get when I see somebody putting this thing into their mouth that I think is like just the most disgusting thing on the whole entire planet. I 100% get it. I um my irrational phobia is I am scared of whales. I'm like I, other large things under the ocean. I have a friend who's frightened of whale bones. Hmm. Well, like there's this video game I played. Well, I I play Sea of Thieves where you're a pirate, right? And so. Yeah. It actually made me physically ill when we first started playing to go down to the shipwrecks. Oof. Like I would get a physical reaction and I'd get nauseous. Also, there's a video game called A Story About My Uncle. And you're kind of like Spider-Man swinging around in that one. And there's this cave where it apparently used to be underwater because there's a giant frozen whale. Oh, God. And it is below you because you're swinging around, you know, on the upper end of the cave and I really really did not want to die because I would have to fall and I would fall directly Ooh. into the frozen whale and I was like no can't do it I had to like look up the whole time so I, I definitely get that it's it's a s silly reaction because you know they're baleen whales they don't want to hurt nobody but <laughs> yeah I jelly can't hurt you nothing about it that's gonna make you actually like ill or sick or have to go to a hospital just it's gross and I don't want to see it and my body hates it. It's very strange how our bodies develop these weird phobias. Well, I think it developed because I just never really liked eating it. And you know, when you're a kid, every single kid's party you go to is jelly and ice cream, right? Huh, no. <laughs> oh, well, that's an English thing then. Okay, so yeah. in England, what you get at kids' parties for dessert is jelly and ice cream. So you get like a nice big serving of jello and then some, some vanilla ice cream and everybody likes that. But every single party I used to go to, people would offer me jelly and ice cream and I'd say I didn't want it and they'd give it to me anyway. Mm, yeah. Here's cake and ice cream. Cake and ice cream I can deal with. Jelly and ice cream. So I would have to find a way to get rid of this jelly and most of the time I'd just have to eat it and I didn't like it. It was like this big social thing. So now I just can't stand it. I can't even look at it. Yeah, I feel like when you're a kid and you're forced to eat something, that is a sure sign that you will hate it for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. My mm. mom, she used to have to drink a glass of pineapple juice because boomer parents thought that it would keep you from getting sick. And she hated it so much. And now she just like shrinks away if she ever sees a pineapple or smells a pineapple. It makes her sick. So I guess what I'm trying to say is... If this guy had a genuine phobia of these things, right? Like we said last week, if sometimes if you're on the autistic spectrum, some textures of foods really freak you out and you don't like them. Mm -hmm. If it was that kind of thing and he was like, hey, I can't, I, like watching you eat these textured foods is really triggering my problems and I can't, I can't watch you do it. That's a different story. But just if you think that it's nasty, you can't go around telling other people what they can and can't eat. I agree. I think he needs to 
either I know it's hard. It sounds like they live in a studio apartment and they're together 100% of the time. And that's rough. That's very difficult, but he needs to find a way. Like, put your headphones in, turn in the other direction. Oh, yeah. And she'll tap you on the shoulder when she's done eating. But he needs to not be a dick about it. Because the only other. The only other option she has is that she starts to eat in the bathroom, which is dumb. Yeah, no. He can go into the bathroom. That might be the way to solve this problem. Be like, hey, I'm about to eat. Can you go sit in the bathroom until I'm done? Maybe he has a switch he can take in there. Oh, yeah. That would be good. Yeah, because it's not like a studio apartment is like you are always sitting right next to each other 100% of the time. Like, presumably they've got a little chair that he can go and sit on the opposite side of the room and she can sit on the bed or vice versa. Or like he can turn his body so that he's not facing her while she eats. Like, he's making a big deal about absolutely nothing. And I get that when you're like in quarantine, you start to get annoyed about about silly stuff, right? There, there are little things about your partner which you start to notice and you're like, oh my god, I don't know if I can cope with this for another month and a half. But that's dumb. If she's just eating, she's snacking and she wants to eat capers with the juice, just let her. It's stupid. I have zero yeah. sympathy for this guy. Yeah, agreed. And I think, yeah, that one is a little bit different because it does have a very strong smell. So if it is making him sick, maybe she can mouthwash afterwards or whatever. Right. But he needs to not be as controlling as he is being right now. Because what's the alternative is he dictates everything they eat. Yeah, which is not good. Yeah, that's that sucks. We don't want that. I want to know what he eats. Yeah. I feel like this is related to the pizza one last week for sure. Oh, yeah. But I think he's just being more controlling and needs to not be controlling. Yeah, she's not hurting anybody. She's not hurting herself. It's not like she's eating like literal fat. Just like Ugh. globfuls of butter or something like. Yeah. Yeah. And if he wants her to eat what he wants, then he can cook every meal cook. for her. Yeah. Yeah. That one just, this one makes me mad. Like yeah, he's, he's being childish. And like, yeah, yeah it might be exacerbated by the situation. But if this behavior continues and or escalates, it might be time to rethink the relationship. Yeah. What a stupid thing to get upset about. Honestly, some people don't have enough to eat. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, I'm done. Okay. So this one is the best thing I have ever heard in my entire life. OP is 30 and his girlfriend is also 30. Okay. My girlfriend buried all of my beans in the woods and won't (laughs) tell me where, causing a fight between us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Buried the beans in the woods. (laughs) I have to know more. Yeah, and this was relationship advice, and then he posted an update on TIFU, which is Today I Fucked Up, so. Oh, okay. Here's the original post. Hello. <laughs> he, he does, hello, comma, and the new line, so he's very formatting this like a letter. It's very cute. Bless. With all that is going on, we have stocked up on supplies, including some canned goods. I ordered a few weeks ago 30 cans of beans. 10 are black beans, 10 are kidney beans. And ten are pink beans. I don't know what pink beans are, but... Pink beans? I've never heard of pink beans. Also, I ordered 15 cans of chickpeas. I thought, this is a reasonable amount of beans and chickpeas to have every now and then and would last for quite some time. However, last night I opened the cabinet because I wanted to make a vegetarian chili using two cans of the beans, but all of the beans were gone. What the hell? I asked my girlfriend, and she told me she buried all of the beans (laughs) in the woods... At first, I thought she was joking, but she explained, no, she had buried the beans in the woods. WTF. (laughs) I like the way this is written. Oh, so good. I asked her to explain, and she told me that she was afraid that, quote, if things get bad, we might have to worry about, quote, looters or whatever, and that the beans would be in danger of being stolen. 
I said that I thought this was completely ridiculous and unlikely. She became angry at me and she said she is protecting our beans. (laughs) I mean, if you played a lot of video games, (laughs) this is a sensible strategy, right? I feel like she just read The Road um, (laughs) and is terrified. Oh, God. According to her logic, the beans are safely buried in the woods behind our apartment complex. And if we ever need some beans, she will go to the stash and dig up a can or two, but would prefer if we save them all for if things get worse. I said, why only bury the beans? Why not bury our more valuable items? She said that the canned food was the most valuable for long-term means, and that since we get fresh food in our online grocery deliveries, it would make sense to continue to stockpile beans. She intends to go bury more beans in the woods every week. This was too insane for me, and I got very upset. I demanded to know where the beans were buried, and she refused to tell me. She said that if I knew she was afraid, I'd dig them up. I said, damn right I would. She said, quote, I will never jeopardize the beans. (laughs) (laughs) Which is already memed into oblivion. (laughs) I like all these quotes he's including. That's great. I crossed the line and said she was out of her mind. She stormed away. We have not talked since last night. I think it is completely ridiculous to bury the beans in the woods, and I want to find them and dig them up, but apparently my girlfriend is taking this very seriously. How can I convince her to tell me where the beans are? And do you think I should convince her to get therapy or something, or should I break up with her? So confused. Is this normal for a girlfriend to bury beans or otherwise hide them? That is my... Is this normal? Do girlfriends bury beans? It's like she's a dog. I'm imagining this whole thing as like a badly animated YouTube video. Like, she just stands up. with her hands. I will never jeopardize the beans. She's, oh my god. The best. The best. This is great. Yeah, I, I hope she put them in like an ice chest or something because otherwise they're gonna rust. Oh yeah, it's gonna be nasty. Um, how did she do this without him knowing? This is That's the other thing I'm kind of concerned about is, did she go out in the middle of the night to bury the beans with a torch like a serial killer? Like, <laughs> she goes out into the woods. Someone sees her and is like, oh, shit, a serial killer lives in my apartment. <laughs> oh, excuse me, mom. Uh, someone, someone said they saw you digging in the woods. Uh, can you take me to the spot, please? No, I can't. I buried all my beans <laughs> I'm very glad that you decided to deem the other kind of post a shovel post, because this is a literal shovel post. This is a literal shovel post. Oh, my God. Uh, Well, on the one hand, some people deal with crises differently to others. On the other hand, I don't really understand why he bought so many beans, right? I mean, yeah, beans alone, like beans, you want other things. When he said 30 cans of beans, I was like, what? Why? Where are you going to store those? In an apartment, that's a that's a lot of space. And unless you're eating beans literally every single day, uh, yeah, I don't know. So that's that's the first thing where I was like, well, that's kind of a weird thing to do. Although I guess my husband did buy like twelve pounds of beans. So I we think have them what he's trying to do is just minimize the amount of times you need to go to the store, right? So you want right. to buy lots of things, and then you know just. In case something happens, you have that stockpile right. that'll last you a long time. Not to use it every day, but maybe like 
use two cans here and there and then replace them as you eat and put those in the back and then move them, move the older ones towards the front. But how does that thought even cross somebody's mind? Oh, we must, these beans, incredibly valuable if it all goes the last of us in here. Uh, (laughs) And just the action, the action of taking a shovel, a giant, I'm imagining grocery bag of beans, or not grocery bag, a trash bag of beans cans of beans and just walking into the woods and being like yes this is the correct thing to do this is the right thing to do for me and my family (laughs) oh dear i think she needs to talk to somebody like this is while i'm getting a really good giggle out of imagining this i could understand why he's concerned because that's an extreme reaction yeah and so here's the update on today i fucked up he starts off the post with a really long summary of what he just said then he says The following day, I tried to put my foot down, and I'm not usually a foot downer, but there are rare issues where compromise is out of the question, and I foolishly decided this was one of those issues. Not foolishly, man. Not foolishly. No, I agree with you. This is crazy. Although, I think if you went out into the woods and just found the most recently dug up bit, you'd easily find your own beans. Right. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how big these woods are, right? (laughs) I doubt she's drawn a map. I assume she's just walked a couple of paces from the apartment, gone, this'll do, and dug a hole for beans. Maybe she put, like, a mark on a tree. God, like, how deep does this go? Ten paces fast, like a pirate map. (laughs) Pirate treasure map. I demanded to know where the beans were buried, and I told her if she was going to bury beans I paid for in the woods that I would move out. We fought about it, and I kept insisting. In hindsight, I should have just let it go and created my own hidden stash of beans in the apartment and given her time to maybe cool down about this bean buying scenario, but I blew it all out of proportion. Yeah, it's weird to bury beans in the woods, but why did I have to press it? What's the harm at the end of the day, in the grand scheme of things? But I kept demanding her to take me to the beans, or at least draw me a map or something, and finally she broke up with me. (laughs) over the beans i have lost the love of my life because i couldn't let the damn beans go i am in disbelief she moved out not only am i heartbroken but i am now paying full rent instead of 50 percent, which is a huge financial issue for me tldr i kept demanding that my girlfriend show me where she buried the beans in the woods and she got so angry at me that she ended our relationship and moved out my heart is shattered and my finances are jeopardized because of a bean hoard (laughs) (laughs) who wow that has to be one of the most insane things I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, not even just on Reddit relationships. One of the most insane things I've ever heard. I, I just really like, I think it's his writing style is hilarious. Writing style so funny. Oh he's God. he's funny. He'll find someone else. Jesus. So so what? Did she break up with him, drive right out to the woods, go get all the bees? Right? Did she leave it there? Who what did she move in with? This is the most important question. This is all I care about now. Is there now just a bean hoard in the woods somewhere in like 2000 years time when archaeologists are digging up like the wreckage of our society? (laughs) Are they going to find this bean hoard and like attribute it to some kind of pagan god? Like what is happening? I'm so confused. I think they're going to find a lot of stuff from this time. It's going to be a very archaeologically rich time period. Oh, I can't wait to be an archaeologist in 2000 years once I've woken up from my cryo sleep. I'm trying to see if there's any other update, but the reason why it looks like he posted on our Today I Fucked Up is because it was deleted from the relationships post. Oh, good. That's so strange. That's hilarious. 
It's reminded me of something else that I only recently learned about. And I think this is because, again, I was brought up in England. Is it true? Now, I'm asking you this, and I don't know if you'll ever have heard of this, but I assume you will. Is it true that people bury their porn stashes in the woods? So, yeah, I've heard a lot about this from various podcasts, but um, basically there used to be woods porn would be a thing (laughs) back when it was mostly magazines or VHS tapes. You would just be like, okay, I'm done with this or I'm getting married or whatever. (laughs) My, My wife is making me throw out the porn and you would just put it in a box and leave it in the woods for the neighborhood teens to find or under an overpass or something. I have definitely heard multiple stories of people finding this, these kinds of things. I can't even imagine how desperately horny you must be to go on a trek into the woods and go, maybe someone's left some porn here. Well, I think it's just like a you are in the woods already. 15-year-old boy in the 80s hanging out. It does raise a lot of questions for me about people wandering about unsupervised in the woods. Like kids wandering around unsupervised in the woods and just wantonly opening everything that they find. Yeah, there was a huge thing in the 80s and, and early 90s, just latchkey kids whose parents, both parents work, so they just have all this free time, especially in the summer, just wandering around, yeah. causing a ruckus. I only learned about this relatively recently, and it, it, it's something I have many questions about. Because <laughs> I read about it in the letters section of a comic book, which has a title which is going to make it sound worse than it is, called Sex Criminals. <laughs> It's not about pedophiles, I promise you. <laughs> it's uh, it's about someone who can stop time when they have an orgasm. Anyway, um, huh. and in the letters section, people started writing in about porn in the woods. And it was like a monthly thing people would write in about with their stories of porn that they found in the woods. And like, there was also a whole thing about uh, finding animorphs sexy, like... Animorph erotica. Yeah, there was a different thing. But I'm a very huge fan of Animorphs. Like, I have all the books sitting in the next room. Apparently, people get majorly turned on by humans turning into literal animals. It's not even furry stuff. It's like the process of them actually turning into the animals for some people is like the biggest aphrodisiac. And there's a whole bunch of them, and they were all writing into this letters section going, Oh my god, I thought I was the only one. So. I'm yeah, glad they found each other. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Along with all the people who routinely have sex watching Shrek. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning so many <laughs> things right now. Honestly, the letters section of Sex Criminals is uh, incredible. And you learn a lot of things that you kind of wish you didn't want to know. But the top three things I learned from this letters section is woods porn, animorphs are sexy, and... Shrek sexy times is like a definite thing. I can't the the Shrek thing whatever like like whatever. <laughs> I'm not overly surprised about that, but I'm still stuck on the animorphs thing. The that, animorphs those thing. books have they'll talk about like your bones liquefying right. and your joints switching directions and all this like gross your organs dissolving or whatever. I can't. Apparently, that gives some people a hard on. That's bonkers. Isn't it? <laughs> I'm hoping this is one of the whole you do you situations, but I'm hoping that doesn't have some sort of link to, you know, torturing other people. I mean, I, I, I don't think so. But yeah, it's it's a whole thing. I'm going to put up a link to um, to sex criminals in the <laughs> uh, 
in the Twitter and the uh, and the Facebook so that you guys can also enjoy this actually hilarious comic book that deals with a lot of uh, important issues like uh, depression and uh, consent and cool stuff like that. So mm. it's a very good comic book. Uh, published by Image, and everybody should read it because it's great. I need to pick up some more comics, so... Yeah. Anyway, that's the the tangent I went off on when I heard about beans in the, in the woods. <laughs> I started thinking about woods porn, and then we got to Animorphs, so... Yeah, I, I, I'm I ready to do the Animorphs podcast. That's a whole different genre where people revisit Animorphs as an adult. I think the oh, last wow. time I read the books was maybe like two or three years ago, so... You reread them two or three years ago? Man, I can't remember the last time I'd read an Animorphs book. They're all available on the subreddit, are Animorphs, as an, uh, not audiobook, as a digital download, and you can read them all. They're also creating audiobooks, like official oh, cool. audiobooks. So, anyway. Yeah, I might have to check out some Animorphs. It might awaken something in me, though. I'm kind of worried. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're probably fine. You think so? I don't know. Maybe the, the jello-phobia might oh, yeah, layer a little, it. but yeah. uh, it, you can you just skip over those parts, so not yeah, too relevant. Fun. I well, feel like I, we've gone on a lot of tangents this week. Yeah, I think I think her breaking up with him is for the best. Yeah, there's something underlying going on there that is, yeah, he doesn't need to deal with that. But honestly, that's so wild. So... I think we should close out with some, I mean, we've already talked about a lot of media recommendations, oh, but yes. I, right now I'm playing Soma, which is the follow-up to Amnesia, The Dark Descent by the same studio, and it is the most perfect horror game I think I've played. I, I don't do scary games very well, I but don't. it has like a good balance of like, I know what I need to do. And I can deal with the level of scariness. Yeah, I'm only just getting through Bioshock for the first time. That's frightening. Yeah, this is scarier than that. But maybe Chase can play it because the story is very interesting. I I just got through. I, I'm not very good at horror anything. So when my husband played um, Resident Evil, the remake, man, that was rough for me. I wanted mm. to see him play it because I'd never got to the end of it myself. I had nightmares for two weeks. It's only not mess for two weeks. Yeah, it's rough. Well, so maybe this is just a recommendation for our listeners to play. Yeah, you guys, you guys go for it and and tell me the worst stuff that happens because I I can't do it. Um, the well, scariest that... thing I've ever played was Fear, and I didn't play mm. it. I sat next to my best friend while they played it, and uh, there was one point where it got so scary that we screamed and slammed the laptop, and our neighbors next door laughed at us. They could tear us through the wall. <laughs> well, okay, so let me, I feel compelled to recommend the game The Outer Wilds, which is not The Outer Worlds, which is by Obsidian. This is an indie game called The Outer Wilds. Okay. And it is a cross between No Man's Sky and, like, Groundhog Day. Okay. So it is probably one of the most recent video games I played where when I finished it, I felt things i felt emotions oh no (laughs) in like a very good and comforting way but also an existential way so it's very fun it's very it does have a little a little bit of scary parts um i can do a little bit scary yeah there's because you go around to different planets in a solar system and one planet has a giant anglerfish that will chase you oh jeez so um but you're in the ship the whole time so you feel like like i felt insulated you know yeah, like safe. 
Yeah, I played through all the Thief games before, and there's some real scary bits in there. So I can do some scary, but if the whole game's going to be scary, it's too much. I'm just playing a lot of JRPGs at the moment. Final Fantasy VII, and uh, this game called The Last Remnant, which I'm not sure if I told you about. No, but I, I could have sworn that was a book. Okay, it's this weird JRPG where the best way I can describe it is imagine a stereotypical Hollywood bratty teen gets dropped into uh, uh, an English-speaking fantasy world and somehow this this bratty teen mm. is the hero of the game and yet I've never wanted to kill a protagonist of a game more in my <laughs> whole entire life. That reminds me of the anime uh, that time I was reincarnated as a slime. I have not seen the anime. <laughs> my but it's just, it. his name is Rush, which is the first indication mm-hmm. of how annoying he is. And somehow he's wearing jeans? <laughs> I don't know how that's possible when he's in a fantasy world. Um, well, you see the kind of stuff they dress their characters in on Final Fantasy. Oh, it's just nuts. He exists in this world and he somehow doesn't know how anything works. Like, he doesn't know who the rulers of the country are. Like, he knows nothing. He's an idiot. And, uh, yeah, but the game is really fun. It has a really interesting combat system. It, it's old. It's an older game, but I'm I'm enjoying it. It's also huge. It's got no reason to be as big as it is. Well, uh, you know, we got time. Yeah, I got tons of time. I can play The Last Remnant until my eyes fall out. No one cares. So I'm enjoying that. Yeah. And then Overwatch, just too much Overwatch, I guess. For sure. For sure. Well, um, you guys can send me bean recipes. Beans, all the beans. At Morgan underscore Slay on Twitter. You can also email us your cool and weird Reddit posts. If they're not from relationship advice or am I the asshole, that is totally fine. We'll have a guest spot for new subreddits um, at r the letter u the word serious at gmail.com. Also r the letter u the word serious on twitter yeah you can send me pictures of pink beans which i have no idea what they are at esme underscore c underscore nose as in knows lots of things uh you could also find us on facebook where you can see my media recommendations for you uh at the letter r the letter u serious pod um come like us and 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 check us out recommend what are you guys doing what are you guys playing how you doing? If you like our podcast, tell a friend about it. Maybe they're bored and they need something that's not horrible world news right now and they can just get lost in What's shitty boring? relationships and feel better <laughs> about their life for an hour a week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, tell us tell us any stories of finding woods porn because I'm I'm still <laughs> still discovering that genre of uh, discovery. Uh,